Hi, Shannon Waller here with Dan Sullivan, and welcome to the Inside Strategic Coach podcast. Today, Dan, we're going to talk about a concept that you exemplify and have talked about a lot, and that is the idea of being unique and why that is so crucial for entrepreneurs to focus on. So describe what you mean by unique. Well, I think by its very nature, unique is you can't compare it to something else. So I don't know when this started in life. I think probably very early for me. But I was always interested in the situation or the capability or something that was happening in the world that really wasn't in competition with other things, but it was developing in a fashion that was new and very, very different from what other people are doing. I sometimes make a joke out of this, and I say, well, I I was the fifth child in a big family. If you're born number five, you know, a lot of space has already been claimed and used by your older siblings. And I had a big age difference between myself and the next oldest one. But it was very interesting. My parents were both fifth children in their families. My mom was fifth of seven. My father was the fifth of nine. And if you look at how they were in relationship to the rest of their family, they went off and did completely different things in the 1930s and 1940s. I mean, they moved away, which nobody ever did. Nobody ever moved away. And I just had a feeling from the earliest age that if I got interested in something that I really liked and it really engaged my mind and I was really emotionally involved with it, I would get a lot of encouragement from my parents to do that. So I grew up with this idea that you can just basically find what it is that interests you and you can spend your time doing that and you can explore it. And I had a feeling I wasn't being compared to other children. You know, in other words, I can never remember a statement from either of my parents, well, so-and-so is doing this, or even in relationship to my siblings, they would never compare me with anyone else. They'd just say, well, do you really like that? And I said, yes. And they said, well, you should just develop it. And I think that they were speaking for themselves when they were doing that. They saw this characteristic in me, And I went off and did it. And so that's a long time ago. That's the 1950s, and now we're in the 21st century. But I can see a clear path. You know, I'm in my 70s right now that my whole life has just been about devoting time and energy and my talent to developing things that were just uniquely interesting to me. So I think that the uniqueness comes from being uniquely interested in something that is not mainstream. It's not what everybody else is doing. It's very, very different. And a lot of clients comment to me and others that you have an eye. You just see what is unique and special and different about people, especially Mm. about them, Mm -hmm. that they really appreciate. And it sounds like you've been kind of had this lens or vision for a very, very long time. Yeah, I've got a really great example. There's a husband and wife team. It's Stephen Poulter and Michelle Lang. And Stephen is ranked right at the highest of all the in vitro fertilization surgeons in the world in IVF, which is a huge growing industry. Michelle is a novelist. I mean, she's the partner in their companies. And so they have a really terrific clinic. 
on the north shore of Long Island, but also when I first got to know them, and we kind of hit it off right from the beginning, you know, we'd be in New York and we'd go out to dinner and we'd just find endless topics to talk about. But I can remember Stephen talking about this amazing new communication platform he's created, which is called Lodestone. And it allows all the IVF doctors in the world to actually online, in real time, actually discuss a breakthrough in the IVF world. So he was telling me, he said, I just did this because I was really interested in what all the other doctors in the world thought about this and what they were doing on a daily basis. And I sat there and I said, bingo. So I zeroed in very, very early on this thing. I said, this is really unique what you're doing here. So, you know, this is quite a time ago, but now we're at a stage where he owns this 100%. And it's just a breakthrough model on how you hold a network together, a network of people with similar interests, similar skills, but you're able to communicate in real time and then do data analysis of what people are talking about. And this is absolutely unique scientific knowledge. I mean, there's nothing like it anywhere on the planet. And now Stephen is starting the process where he's going to license the lodestone technology. And it's a complete structure and process for bringing together a network to develop really cutting-edge knowledge on the planet. And I just sat there and I said, whoa, this is a real one, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that when he told me about it, uh, a minute afterwards, I was just totally locked on (laughs) that this was going to be a huge thing that he did. And I think he was doing it for his own practical reasons, but I think what happened was is that he got a lot of encouragement from the fact that I just zeroed in on it and say, Stephen, Whatever you have to go through to develop this and get it formed, I'm with you. Babs and I are with you. We're going to totally support you. And I've done this with literally hundreds of other entrepreneurs where they just will drop very casually in a topic, oh, I'm doing this. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Talk to me about that. And I just have this almost like unerring homing instinct towards the thing that the person is doing that's really unique. Mm-hmm. So the uniqueness or when someone's really focused on their unique value proposition or creation in the marketplace, and we have talked about unique ability before in previous podcasts, focusing on that really differentiates you compared to everyone else. Because the other option, if you're not focusing on what's unique about you or what you offer, is competition. Yeah. And that's a very valid way of being successful as a business person, Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur. Let's talk about those two differences for a moment. Yeah, I think you're geared to one or you're geared to the other. My feeling is that the world benefits enormously by what I would call productive competition. That's where you see that someone is doing something and you do it better, you do it faster, you you do it in an easier way. I mean, Amazon is the great competitor right now on the planet. doesn't matter what industry you're in, Amazon can put out a value creation proposition that's better than yours. Okay, they can offer you greater diversity, more variety, greater availability, They can offer a lower price, and they can get it to you in an hour. That's the ultimate card hand if you're going to be in the competition business. I think of any competitor in the world right now, Jeff Bezos is the champion because he's figured out what the winning hand is in providing any 
product or service because he's getting into services now. So he must be enormously geared to competition. I think that he thrives on it. And I think a lot of the top-notch tech giants of the technology, that they have this enormous sense of competition. And I don't. I've just never responded to competition. And I think the reason is that I've never seen it as a good use of my own personal time, because I'm not going to win. I just don't have the staying power to be a good competitor, but I have enormous staying power to be an innovator. And I think it's important to understand at the beginning of your entrepreneurial career which game it is that you're really good at playing. I admire the great competitors. I just don't have the staying power for it. Part of it, I just wouldn't stay with the game, a competitive game, because by the time you get to the third or fourth day of it, I kind of feel, well, I've learned everything there is to learn about competition. Is there a new idea here? So consequently, because I'm not a competitor, I tend to be a great collaborator. That's another thing that I think is really crucial because in the creation of any new idea, I have certain skills to take the idea a certain distance, Mm -hmm. but then I need the skills of other people to keep the idea going. So right from the beginning, I've learned how to be a really terrific matchmaker between my own unique abilities and the unique abilities of other people. I mean, our teamwork on this podcast and many other things that we do in Strategic Coach is a really good example. I mean, if I want to be interviewed by anyone on the planet, it would be Shannon Waller, because you have an ability just to set up a really great conversation and then respond within the conversation with questions that you didn't know you were going to ask when we started the podcast or the interview, whatever we're doing. So that collaborative skill that you have, I need to move my ideas forward. I've got dozens and dozens of people whose skills I need to move the ideas of strategic coach forward. I've experienced that since working with you since 1991, is that you always are looking for not only externally to strategic coach, but within it. That's really the basis for your teamwork is you know what you're really great at and love to do and are fascinated and motivated by. You're also very cognizant of what you're not mm-hmm. <laughs> fascinated and motivated by. And then you look for other people with whom you can partner. It's interesting looking at the competition versus cooperation model. The competition one, there's lots of wins. You get the gains over somebody else that is very energizing for some people. But it can also end up being isolating because at some point you're still playing that captive game. And one of the things I really appreciated, and that's part of, we're going to talk about the Game Changer program in a future podcast, but you're actually coaching people to go from that kind of competitive model into a collaborative one, which is a whole new way of thinking for a lot of people. But that's really how you see that people can change even their whole industries and what they're doing. I'm not sure whether someone who's a pure competitor is ever going to become a collaborator. I don't know that because there's billions of people on the planet, so I just know the ones that I know. (laughs) But I do notice that there is an appeal at a certain point of success, at a certain level when you've got a tremendous reputation established for yourself where you can open your mind and say, you know, instead of competing with someone else, why don't I find out what that person does uniquely that I'm never going to be able to do? 
that allows me to actually come back and center in on the thing that I do uniquely. And if we put your unique ability together with my unique ability, internally we do that as a part of unique ability teamwork inside the organization. But what I'm looking at now is how can one entrepreneurial firm collaborate with another entrepreneurial firm? And each of them has a unique something that the other one doesn't have. And out of that, by combining the two uniqueness, you can create a third thing that neither one of them could have gotten to. The beauty of this is that it actually describes how the world has developed. I remember the great economist Hayek, he was an Austrian economist who won the Nobel Prize as a result of work that he did in the 1940s. He said that the tragedy of capitalism is that it was named by its enemies. He said, you know, it was the people who hated capitalism who actually gave it the name. There was no name for capitalism. There was just putting stuff together and seeing if you could grow them. So he says that capitalism is an ever-expanding system of increased cooperation among strangers. So that basically you have this expanding system whereby strangers can actually cooperate with each other to produce a larger result, and everybody benefits from this expansion. Everybody benefits from the greater cooperation, but it's among strangers, and that's the great breakthrough because for most of human history, you could only cooperate with people who are family members who were friends. Or part of your tribe. Or part of your tribe, yeah. In many parts of the world, if you look at very, very poor economic performance, you can see there isn't cooperation among strangers. And the most advanced societies and countries in the world, there's this enormous cooperation among strangers, especially as we've gone online, that you can do deals with people that you, in fact, never meet. But there's a checkoff system backed up by a legal system that says that if you give a promise or you make an agreement, this is going to be backed up by the entire system that makes up capitalism. So more and more, I'm at the point now, after 40, more than 40 years of coaching, where I'm not interested in any more of being you know, a coaching company in competition with other coaching companies. I don't think I ever was because I never spent much time thinking about it or worrying about it or comparing how do you compare. But I'm much more interested in zeroing in on what Strategic Coach really does uniquely in the world and then treating that as a unique capability that we can then match up with other companies who aren't coaching companies, but they're doing something unique. And the combination of our our ability to take almost any topic and turn it into a learning environment and to actually create a structure and a process of learning and getting better, we can take that and match it up with somebody else who's doing something brand new in the world, and together we'll produce a even better type of learning structure out in the world, which we couldn't do on our own from Strategic Coach, and they couldn't do from their standpoint. My collaboration with Peter Diamandis is a great example of that. He knows technology like almost no one I know on the planet, and we know how to put on a learning structure. So together, our two organizations created Abundance 360. 
Stefan Wissenbach with his engagement multiplier. I know how to put together learning structures. He had this huge insight about the power of engagement, and a platform was created by him doing a collaboration with someone who understood how to put online programs together, and that's created the engagement multiplier program. And I just see endless possibilities of going forward with this, all my different podcast series that I have going, where it's somebody else's knowledge and unique insight into a situation, together with my ability just to carry on really great conversations and ask great questions that we can put together a podcast series. But I'm just always interested in the thought that hasn't been thought before and the opportunity to create value that's not been thought of before. And how do we put a structure around this? How do we create a process for that? And how do we make that available to other people? And one of the things that you talk about that's kind of fascinating for me about this topic is this is focusing on what's unique and new and a new conversation, new thought, is something that you can stick with for a very long time as opposed to winning or competition, which bores you after four days. (laughs) That to me is really kind of, I'm always looking for fuel. I'm always like, what am I going to stick with? What's worth hanging on to and pursuing? We have another topic called the no retirement Mm -hmm. trick, which is you'll find this interesting for the next 25 years. You found it interesting for the last however many. Mm -hmm. So talk about the time frame that goes along with focusing on what's unique. Well, that's really a great question because you've put in 25 years, more than 25 years at Strategic Coach. So let me ask you a question here. Why'd you stick with it? So what was it about what we were doing in Strategic Coach that engaged you. First of all, it obviously intellectually engaged you, but also there was a constant day-by-day emotional commitment that you were going to learn whatever you needed to learn and grow in whatever way you had to grow. Why did you stick with it for more than 25 years? Thank you. That's a great question. There's several answers to that. One, some people have asked me that, and I, my first quip is I've never been bored. Just to always be interested, to always have interesting new things to look at. And we're very similar in terms of a lot of our profiles, including Colby. But I've always been stimulated. I've also experienced an enormous amount of freedom to play with ideas that I'm interested in, usually around unique ability teamwork or teams, freedom to write books, the freedom to collaborate with you. So I feel like I'm always growing. I'm not stale. I'm not bored. And I'm also making a contribution. Certainly, this is the only place I think I could have ever hung out with for this long and Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the foreseeable future. Because for me, there's just an enormous amount of room to play Mm -hmm. and to do what is personally meaningful for me and to know that that's meaningful and making contribution to other people too. That's my deal. This is my intellectual and my heart home in a sense that intellectually, I'm always engaged in what's going on, but also emotionally, I'm very committed to what we're up to and the difference that we're making in entrepreneurs and their companies' lives. So where else would I be (laughs) Mm -hmm. is kind of the bottom line to all that. You've got to be somewhere. This is probably a topic for another podcast, but this topic, because of recent political things happening in the world, is the conflict between a notion called globalism and nationalism, but it's really localism. And I was thinking about it one day, and I said, you know, people use the word like they see globally or they 
think globally or they act globally. And I says, but I wonder if anybody actually really does. I believe that everybody actually has a different kind of local network. But if you take the people who are considered to be the great globalists, like Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook or the two partners who created Google, they say, well, these are global thinkers. But I said, you know, I bet if you got a big sheet of paper and you put them in the center and then you started drawing a network out, that they probably have 15 or 20 people who are really their local environment. And the fact that some of them might be 12,000 miles away doesn't really make a difference because the communication is instantaneous. So my feeling is that we all are putting together a local network that keeps us intellectually stimulated, keeps us emotionally committed, and we're constantly interested in the activity. But this can take on any shape or form in the modern world. The question is, do you know that that's really what you're about? So I'm not overwhelmed by people who have organizations a million times bigger than Strategic Coach because I have my network that really keeps me very excited, keeps me very motivated, and I hope they have a network that keeps them very excited and very motivated. And there's no comparison. There's no comparison in this. In the world of fascination and motivation, there's no comparison. There's just what does it for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the heart of uniqueness. The heart of uniqueness is that you've found an activity, you've found a set of relationships, you've found a particular kind of situation on the planet that just always engages your mind and always motivates your full emotional engagement. And that's what uniqueness is, is just putting all those things together. Thank you, Dan. I've really enjoyed this conversation because it validates that path. And I think there's lots of noise and information that could take people off that. And to my mind, to just reinforce that, you know, what's fascinating and motivating is unique to you. And to follow that, as your parents encouraged you with, I think is, is a great message for entrepreneurs to hear. And certainly for me, too. Thank you. Thank you, Shannon. And the next 25 years are going to be much more fascinating and motivating to both of us than the first 25 years. Great. I can't wait. <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please let us know at questions at strategiccoach.com. Also, be sure to check out Strategic Podcasts. And also, subscribe on iTunes if you like what you've heard and you want to hear more. Again, thanks for listening.